Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Your saints, there was a survey a number of years back. It's probably one that gets done fairly often. Uh, And the question goes something along these lines. If tomorrow there was a report that came out that proved that they had found Jesus' body, somehow they'd found a body and somehow they can prove that it actually is the body of Jesus, if that report came out, would you still believe? This is the, the survey. Would you still be a Christian? Or would you cease to believe? Now, there's maybe even a third option, though it's a bit silly, and that would be the plug your ears and sing reaction, which seeks to ignore everything that was just presented to you. And we ought to know that that last option is generally not a good option, regardless of what's being presented to us, so we can kind of kick that one out. So we've got the two. Jesus' body has been found. Do you still believe or not? Now, most of those, and these are Christians that are being surveyed, most of those surveyed gave an answer along these lines. Even if they found the body of Jesus, I wouldn't stop believing. And that sounds like a good, pious answer. My guess is that Most of you would probably give the same sort of answer because you don't want to deny Jesus. But the problem is, that's not the answer that the scriptures give to us. This is, in fact, one of the things that makes Christianity unique amongst all religions. It's objectively disprovable. You can disprove Christianity by presenting the body of Jesus. The way the scriptures speak about the resurrection is that if the resurrection can be disproved, the entirety of the faith is disproved as well. And this is because the resurrection is the physical evidence, or we might say the lack of physical evidence, since there's no body, but it's the physical evidence of the spiritual claims that are given, that your sins are forgiven, that you are at peace with God through Christ, that you have the promise of everlasting life, As we heard this morning, you're immortal. It's the evidence that those things are true. Now, the chief text on this comes from St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, where he reminds us in no uncertain terms that if the resurrection did not happen, then our faith, which is built on that objective historical reality, crumbles. He writes, now... Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead. If Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised from the dead. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. 
We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ is raised. And if Christ has not been raised, now here's the key, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. This is why, then, we see every single year the attacks on the resurrection of our Lord. Every Easter, you you can set your watch by it, that there's going to be various articles and posts and Instagram stories and Twitter feeds and whatever, whatever you want, wherever you want to go and look at this stuff. That there's going to be all sorts of things on there talking about how the resurrection of Jesus isn't true. There's a whole variety of reasons why they give for this. This perhaps shows that the world maybe understands the importance of the resurrection of Jesus perhaps better than Christians do sometimes because it's the chief attack is against this. You get things like Jesus as the copycat. This is the copycat myth theory so that um, you've probably seen memes going around with this periodically where you get all these different uh, old false gods that show up. You've got, uh, for example, Horus or Mithras or Dionysus or Krishna, and it'll make all these claims like, look, this guy was born of a virgin and he was resurrected and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is none of those are true. You actually go and read the mythologies. None of the things they claim is true. If you want some great resources on that, I can give you that after the service. Uh, one thing you might go check out is Lutheran satire, Horace Ruins Christmas. Go check it out on YouTube. It's fantastic. It'll answer all your questions. That's the copycat myth. There's another one. Jesus didn't actually die. This is called the swoon theory. That Jesus is on the cross and he just faints. He doesn't actually die. So that when they take down the body of Jesus, he's not actually dead. Now, there's a number of problems with that. One is that he has a spear thrust into his side, and Roman soldiers are very good at not leaving people alive when they do that. You also have all the historical accounts that back that up. Another is that it wasn't actually Jesus who died on the cross. This is the replacement theory. Uh, Generally, it's Judas who takes his place in order to atone for his own sins of betraying Jesus. That's also not true. Uh, You have that the resurrection of Jesus isn't a physical thing. It didn't physically happen, and that's not the thing that matters anyway. It's more of a spiritual thing that matters for us. Jesus giving us some spiritual teaching about how we need to be resurrected in our own living or something like this. Related to this, there's also Jesus' appearance as just a spirit, that he does appear to the disciples. He is killed. He does appear to the disciples, but only in his spirit. His body is not raised. So it's only a spiritual resurrection. There is my favorite, which is Jesus is a time traveler. This is basically, you might, all these have names. This one doesn't. We'll call this the Doctor Who theory of the resurrection. If you get it, you get it. But basically that Jesus uh, doesn't actually die. He just travels back to his original point in time, wherever that was. Like he's around for this point in time, and then he travels somewhere else. And then lastly, 
that Jesus isn't resurrected at all. He dies, he's in the grave, and we just don't know where his body is. Now, there's answers to all of these. That's a time for Bible study. Come to Bible study and we'll talk about that. The main point is that these all show up as attacks against the same thing. They are all attacks against the heart of Christianity. Because again, if you can disprove the resurrection of Jesus or cast doubt on it in any way, you tear down the very fabric upon which Christianity is built. We can see how this goes then in the opposite direction in the scriptures. That every time the scriptures speak to us about the resurrection of Jesus, it is in no, un, in, it is in no uncertain terms. It's always incredibly certain. You just look up any of these passages. We have two of them today. We have this wonderful passage from Job that we read at the graveside for very good reason, where he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Already, prior, prior to Jesus being incarnate and being crucified and died and raised, Job already is making this confession. It's all throughout the Old Testament. I know that my Redeemer lives. Not I think, not I hope, not I believe. I know. No uncertain terms. Or what the angels announced to the women at the tomb. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where he lay. No uncertain terms. He's not possibly risen. He is risen. Now, the reason why this is important is twofold. One, because it goes to the heart of the scriptures of not lying to us. This has been presented to us in the scriptures. And so if this is false, then basically everything that God says to us is false. If Jesus isn't actually raised, then God is a liar. So what St. Paul says, we are found to be misrepresenting God. And if God is a liar about this, this all-important thing, then what else is he lying to us about? And then second, and maybe most importantly, it speaks to the reality of our justification, our being set right with God, our being set at peace with God, being made his friend. That reality hinges on the resurrection. Now, there's a text that we're very familiar with. We've, we've in fact, heard it all throughout Holy Week. It shows up over and over and over. It, righteousness, will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Now, we need to make sure that we're hearing this properly to understand why this is such a big deal. We hear the, right, the first one correctly. Who was delivered up for our trespasses. That Jesus was killed. He was crucified because of our sins. Now, we read that one correct. The second one, we get backwards, raised for our justification. We think that Jesus's, that, that our justification is caused by Jesus' resurrection, but it's exactly the opposite. That our justification, our being made right with God, our being set at peace with God, our sins being forgiven, our being brought into the eternal Father's home, 
That is the cause of Jesus's resurrection. Jesus' resurrection is the proof that that is true. Jesus is raised on account of our justification. This is important because here you can see so very clearly that the evidence of our justification, the reason why we can know that all of this is true and everything that God speaks to us is about this topic, is because Jesus is raised from the dead. It all, it all points to that. That's why the resurrection matters. And that's why, then, the world spurned on by the devil attacks it. And so we have to be on guard against that attack and know for certain that the resurrection is not some sort of myth or spiritual reality or lie, that it is objectively true. And that it's true for you that your Jesus has, in fact, been raised from the dead. And what is marvelous about this is we have in the scriptures some of the most historically reliable documents that exist. It is phenomenal if you look at this. There's been a number of lawyers, in fact, who have gone and looked at the Gospels and examined them according to the rules of evidence. Could you present the Gospels in a court of law as an eyewitness testimony? And they pass with flying colors. The lawyers who have looked at this are like... There's no reason not to believe this stuff. Because God doesn't lie to us. God has shown us over and over and over throughout history that what he says in the scriptures and what he does in creation is true, that it concords with each other. And that comes to a head then in the resurrection of our Lord. And this means that, Jesus, that, that your Lord does not lie to you about any of this, especially the most important things, that Jesus is raised for you. That that is the proof that your sins, your sins, sitting here, right here, today, that your sins are forgiven. That you are declared by God to be righteous. Not because of your works, but because of your faith. That the devil is, in fact, crushed. That the Lord loves you and blesses you and has declared you to be his beloved child in his precious possession. He promises that Jesus' resurrection also means your resurrection. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, you too will walk in newness of life. A newness that's already begun in your baptism and will be completed at the last day. And so we can boldly confess then, ensure confidence without any doubting, alongside our brother Job. I know that my Redeemer lives, at the last he will stand upon the earth, and in my flesh I will see God. There is no doubting. There, is, there should be no doubting. It is a joyous reality for us. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain, but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus is raised on account of your justification. Jesus is raised to give you his promises. He's raised to ascend and to intercede before the Father for your sake. And he is raised so that he would come back for you on the last day and raise you too. Because this is the promise. Because Christ is raised, you will be raised as well. There will you be standing on the last day right next to Job and all the saints of history in your flesh, risen and beholding the immortal Jesus 
with your own flesh and your own immortal and incorruptible and perfect and glorified and imperishable body. Just as Jesus in his body is, so too will you be in your body. And this is certain, and it is true, and it is therefore for us the greatest comfort in our life amidst whatever life throws our way. In Jesus' name, amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.